Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin Be'es Hashem, feedback number 25. Shalom Bayes, um, email uh, is um, shalombayes777 at gmail.com. We're going to talk about today uh, uh, a topic that's very important about the dangers of extreme giving. And um, for all you out there that have been listening, this is one of those shiurim that requires a nuanced mind and a nuanced heart. And this is something that you develop over time. And uh, through the course of the shiurim up to this point, you will see that sometimes I bring opposite ideas that are really both equally important and need to be used in the proper way. So this shiur is specifically, even more so, it's important that you realize that because this will come a little bit in contradiction, at least externally, of things that were said in the past. And what is that? We talked about that famous Mikhtav Melio and a famous Yisoyed that all the people who talk about Shalom Bayis and Midas Toivais talk about, which is the Maila of Nesina, the Maila of giving, of giving and giving. And we talked about how if both the husband and wife are concerned primarily about giving to each other, that there'll be peace in the home, there'll be oisha, there'll be tremendous uh, oisha with an aleph, uh, a, a real a sense of, of, of happiness. And the truth is, this, it's, it's correct. To be a noisain is a tachlis. To be a makabal is not a tachlis or a noitel. Um and there's a lot of truth to that, because when you're a noisain, when you're a giver, you're not being self-centered, and your ego is not involved, and you're going beyond yourself. While if you're a taker and you're a noitel, you could destroy your relationship by being selfish. So that is true as a general rule. But what happens is here that many people conclude that always the more giving you are, the better the relationship will be, and ain't ladava saif, no matter how much you give. In other words, you give more and more and more and more, the relationship will get better, better, and better. But there are limitations and there are um, things you have to be careful with to make sure that it doesn't become extremely unbalanced, which could make it destructive. And there's a psychologist, Ben Sian Saraskin, big Talmud Chacham too that uh, talks about this, and I'm going to discuss some of the aspects of what he says, which is very, very, very important. The first idea of what I just said about giving could become too extreme in a negative way, um, you see this from what it's brought down from Rabbi Yosef Engel in the Sefer Tferes Yisrael, on the Pasik of Ayara Likimis Kalasha Osavini Toyma Oid. Hashem saw everything that he made and it was very good. And the Chazal say Toyma Oid, what does very good mean? Very good means the Yetzahara. Which is a very strange statement. Very good is the Yetzahara. Very good is the evil inclination. And the way Rabbi Yosef Engel, Zechatzadik of Racha, teaches it is that all Midas Toyvais. We'll talk about Kas and Gaiva a different time, where there you have to be a little more extreme than normal. We'll talk about that a different time. But generally, all Midas Toivais need to be in the middle, a balance. If it goes beyond a boundary, 
it becomes bad. You know, it's brought down in Hilchas Deus, um, all these klalim. So, therefore, um, you have to have that middle road. And the, when we're recording this, it's Shua's time, which is Teferes, which is a combination of Chesed and Gevura, Tyrus Teferes. You need that middle Kavem Tsai, we call it. Because if you use a good midah to an extreme, the oz nehepach l'rah, it could turn into something bad. And that's what it means, that when it's very good, very good means you take a good midah and you do the ma'oid, and you make it extreme, and you go there all the way to an extreme, then that's the Yetzirah. Even toiv, if it's in an extreme and it goes beyond the proper measure, it becomes ra. That's what Rabbi Yosef Engel Zechet Tzadik Lavrocha says in the Sefer Tavares Yosef on the Pasik that calls the Yetzahara the Hine Toivma Oid. Now, so the question is we, the first $6 million question, like they say, is many Gedolim, when you learn about them, they were celebrated for their extreme level of giving and caring, and they were totally selfless. So when you want to emulate these gedolim, which you should emulate, of course. So the question is then, what is wrong if people aspire to emulate that excessive giving that tzaddikim had, and that total selflessness that tzaddikim had? And the basic answer to that is, is that roiv of the people are not tzaddikim. We're not on that madrega. We have to musa yagil. We have to touch upon it. But we're not on that level. We have to know our level. And excessive giving, especially when it's combined, listen carefully, when it's combined with an excessive reluctance to ever be on the receiving end, results in strong feelings of resentment. Rem- that, that is such an important statement to know. Because we talked before about the negative aspects of the Zina, selfish taking, selfish taking. You want to take and take and take, and you're only thinking about yourself. That is unhealthy. We talked about that before. We also talked about before that when you're taking, it should be a taking for the purpose that you'll ultimately give. That's also very true. And you have to have that in mind as well. But very often, when if someone wants to only give and not take ever, and they're not on that madrega, which most of us don't fool ourselves, we're not on that madrega, then what happens is internally you start feeling feelings of strong resentment. I'm always giving. No one's giving me anything. You may not even consciously want to be aware of it. You're, you're not even happy that, uh, that you're thinking this way. But, and that is the problem with people that want to see themselves as super givers. What they do is, is they are repressing their feelings of resentment. See, these real tzaddikim, you, you see, when they worked on themselves to that extent, and the, you see that extreme giving with Messias Nefesh, Rabbi Yelavin, Zechat Tzaddik Lavracha, other tzaddikim that were totally selfless, it, it's not shot, they repressed their feeling of resentments. They were able to be mahapachet, that there's no resentment at all. But we're not on that madrega. And what happens is, is these repressed feelings of meaning that you want to, you're, you're putting in your mind, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. I don't want to receive a thing. I'm only going to be a nice I'm never going to be a macabre. These repressed feelings of resentment are there. And it results in either passive-aggressive behaviors, uh, sometimes symptoms in the body, 
And sometimes you'll blow up in anger and you won't even realize why you're blowing up in anger. So these extremes could, meaning if you have, let's say, a couple where one of them is extremely giving beshita and never wants to receive anything, that could cause an emotional distance from their husband and wife uh, because they don't want to feel those feelings of anger and resentment. And that breaks the relationship. And um, we see this, he brings down uh, from the Sefer Chidushe Halev, from Rab Chanoi Chenech Libowitz, I think it was the Talmud, uh, the Rebbe of, of Rav Pam Zechet Tzadik Levracha, I believe. Rosh Hashiva Chavetz Chaim, his son of Dovah Libowitz, also Rosh Hashiva Chavetz Chaim. So he says, he brings uh, a Medrash. And the Medrash says that Rosh Shimon Gamliel was Nitzdar. He felt bad that although he served his father his whole life, Kibbut of Aim, but he did not reach even a hundredth of the level of Esav's dedication in serving his father. Because Roshim Megamliel served his father in stained clothing, in dirty clothing. That's how he served his father. While Esav served his father with royal begotten, big day Malchus. So Rav Leibowitz asks an obvious question. If Rav Gamliel, Shimon Rav Gamliel, was Mekana Esav, Savaidus Hashem, so why didn't he emulate him and do the same? Or knows why did he wear stained clothing when he was serving his father his physical needs? Why should he should have followed Esav's path in this sense and worn Big Day Malchus when he was serving his father? And Rav Henech explains that a person shouldn't blindly copy someone else's Milus even blindly copy someone else's behaviors. And again, you have to be careful even when you're copying some people's, uh, you know, the gedolim you look up to, to copy like a copy machine on it. You have to be careful unless you know your own madrega. If you're really close to a Rebbe, the Rebbe that you're looking up to, he'll tell you this sometimes. He'll tell you what I do is not necessarily what you do. You need to do it a little differently. The gadol will tell you that very often. So anyway, so Shem Galil was worried that if he served his ro- a ro- a ro- father in Big Day Malchus and his father, while being metapa with him, being busy with him and helping him and carrying him and whatever he's doing with him, the father got these begodim, these Big Day Malchus dirty, he would beponemius have a certain anger and resentfulness and he would lose more than he would gain if he served his father with Big Day Malchus. Again, he was worried that he would stain those big day malchus, the father would, while he's being metapa with him, and he would be inwardly resentful of that. So he felt, I'm not on that madrega. However, Esav knew that he would experience it as a schus. So when Esav served Yitzchak, and let's say his big day malchus got soiled, Esav was besimcha. This is the true kibbud that my big day malchus is getting soiled, lekavid, my father. The Lushen that uh, Renech Leibowitz says is like this, If him, Rabbi Shem Gamliel, would be here, we are Big Day Malchus like Esav did, Uz, then, when his father would uh, soil his clean Malchus Dika Begodim, Efsher, it's possible, he was worried, that it would be Makbed on his father, 
and it would be in the depths of his heart, Shemetz Shalkas, a little spark of anger there. The And then the schar will be lost in the hefset. It's better not even to wear big day malchus. but by that was the proper thing to do. Lishamish be big day malchus. To use big day malchus. In Kibbet Av, Esav was on a very high level. Then Aviv, if Yitzchak Yalachlech as Begadah would be Malachlech, would would soil the Begadah of Esav while he's serving Yitzchak, lo yakbed alze. Esav would not be makbed on the fact that his big day Malchus got soiled. Ela Yisamach, he would be rejoiceful. Bezesh azocha lelachlech as Begadah beishimusha lechvayd Aviv. He would be happy that he was zeicha to have his begodim, his big day malchus, soiled as he's serving his father. And then the Rabbi Chanoich Henech Levavitch Zeich Tzadik Vracha ends, Mevorim Ikan Yesoid Godol. You see from here a big Yesoid, Pahanogasa Odom, in the conduct of people. She'en lo Odom lidaleg madregois. You cannot jump madregois. And to do things that are above his madrega. Because at times, the schar would be ruined to the hefzid that's actually there. So that's a big raya. And it drives home the point that you need to be cautious. As much as we talked about Nesina, in the Mechdem and all previous Shiurim and all the Magide Shiurim that talk about Shalom Bayis, you cannot overextend yourself for doing for others, even your spouse, if you will end up being resentful. And you have to know yourself and you need uh, to guidance in order to know yourself in, in, in that aspect. And therefore, um, this is very interesting and this is a problem. You know, to constantly give is often accompanied with an avoidance of taking. So this is something that you have to be really, really discerning. You sh- you you have a good mida and you want to give, but when the other person, the wife or husband, wants to give back to you, you need to receive it from them and say thank you, and appreciate what you're getting from them and thank them for it, and appreciate that value of what you just received, not to avoid taking it. So we're talking about a regular marriage, reasonable people, okay? So, my husband, as an example, he wants to become a Balmidais Taivais, right? He goes beyond in doing for his wife. He hardly ever asks anything from her. He learned that Mechtem he learned all these Milas of Nesina, of giving and giving and not taking, not being selfish, only giving. You hear that a lot by Shev Brachas Tyrus, and I'm not um, being sarcastic here. You know, I, I, I said once uh, that I have a sarcasm that I have to fight. I'm not being sarcastic. Because these, 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 uh, said by Sheva Brachas and by the Magide Shurim are MS and they have to be expressed because most people are naturally very selfish. And when, they, and when they're single, certainly, and when they're married, they have to realize you can't be that selfish anymore. You have to give. 
So I'm not being cynical, and I'm not cholila, uh, and I, 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 you have to stress that michtam that talks about Nesina. What I'm talking about is when someone goes a little overboard with it, and this is, the, again, the sakana of the from life. And I talked about this before. I talked about it when it came to sexuality. I'm talking about it now here in another context. I'm talking about many, many, many types of symptomatic mental mishigasin that takes place that starts from a sincere wish to become from. And this is one of them. One of them is an example that Rav Vincian Sarotskin gives, that if, let's say, the wife offers the husband, can I make a coffee for you? I would, you know, it's morning, he likes coffee, it's breakfast time, I'd like to make a coffee for you, the wife says. And he says, no, thank you. No, thank you, I could do it myself. And again, we're not talking about, we're talking about a wonderful person, a Balmi Destoyvice. He's saying, no, thank you, I could do it myself because he heard and he learned to be a nice thing. I want to give. I'm the one that's supposed to give her the coffee. Not the other way around. I'm supposed to be a noise, not a macabre. But you see, but in his, this situation, they're the, the, both there by breakfast, and the wife wants to give him a cup of coffee. Can I serve you a cup of coffee? He should say, yes, please, thank you very much. I like a dark one, one spoonful of sugar, please, or, or with this amount of milk, thank you very, very much. And I appreciate it, it's delicious. Thank you so much for the coffee that you, get, that, you, that you gave me. That's the right way to do it. But he doesn't do that. He says, no, thank you. I could do it myself. Now, this looks like it's a foundation of a wonderful relationship. Beautiful. He's giving and giving. He's to- acting totally unselfish. But experience has shown that this is a prescription for a break in Shalom bias. Because what happens is, inevitably, that after an extended period of time, no, I don't want the coffee, I can do it myself, I can do this myself, I can do that myself, I can do the 24-7 shopping myself, and you just put up your feet and whatever, ultimately the husband will inevitably become resentful. You have to know your madrega. And since feeling resentful conflicts with his self-image, he is Mr. Noising, he is the 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 basically Talmud of this God Ladar, who's the ultimate nice saying, I can't allow myself those feelings of, 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 of uh, being resentful, but he does feel those, that resentment. So he doesn't want to be macabre that he feels that way. So instead, he starts distancing himself emotionally as a means of feeling less upset and what we call passive-aggressive expressions of anger. Now, the wife sees this, doesn't understand what's going on, and she gets upset that he's pulling away emotionally. And um, he says, why is she so upset? I'm doing everything. I'm a perfect husband. I'm giving and giving. And it's a vicious cycle. Therefore, and this I'm going to start now. We'll continue in the next feedback shear. Rashleimah Wolba makes a point that a role of a husband in a from home, this is very important, a husband should not run his home constantly conceding to his wife. He should not be an excessive on of in household matters. He should never, not, he should never, you know, if you never ask your wife for anything, that's an unhealthy thing. You should say, for example, supper, you know, you like certain foods and you like certain foods less and you should express your preferences 
a million percent, no matter how much of a nice thing you are, no matter how much you want to be on the madrega of Ramosha or whoever, that when they ate, put food in their mouth, the chazaynish, they couldn't tell the difference whether it was a delicacy or whether it was a, a piece of dry bed, it was the same to them. You want to emulate them. So you're saying, you know, I'm gonna, I don't care what my, my wife serves me. You know, she could serve me the, what I like. She could serve me what I really dislike. I want it all to be equal to me. I love her. I'm giving. I'm this and that. In the meantime, internally, he's not on that madrega. He likes uh, fried chicken and he doesn't like the, the cooked chicken or, or whatever, I'm, whatever it is. He has to be honest about it. He needs to express, not go crazy, of course, but express, I like this, I don't like this, and so on and so forth. And that it's quote-unquote, he brings, I, don't, I never heard of this person, maybe some of you did, someone remembers real Erlinger, I'm not, I, don't, I never heard of him. But he says also, it's mutter, quote-unquote, he puts it in quotes, it's mutter for a husband to ask his wife to do things for him. Of course, in a loving relationship. We're talking now about a loving relationship. And even a small, gentle, critical comment in a loving relationship is not inherently conflict to shalom bias. And it's very, very important to know this. So this is, a, again, I'm going to just reiterate what I said in the beginning of the shir. When you're listening to the shiurim, and that's why this is the, um, I wouldn't call it mamish sakana, but the nuancedness of the shiurim that I'm giving that shows opposite points and to know when to use them properly requires a lot of thought, a lot of discernment, a lot of siyat shmaya and tefillah, but it has to be mentioned. So here, this is one of those types of shiurim that bechitzainius seems as a conflict to the concept of midas anasina we talked about all along from 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 the mechdam liyo chilek aleph and other chalakim and from all the shalom shiurim you've been hearing and from sheva bracha shiurim and all of that about the my love giving and giving and giving and being totally unselfish. And here we're showing a counterpoint of a balance. You have to know the shikaladas, how to use it. And if you're not sure, you ask. But again, going back to the idea of the simple example that Rabbin C. and Saratskin gives, you're by breakfast, and you're both eating breakfast at the same time, and your wife asks you, you know, could, would you like a cup of coffee? the right approach is to say, yes, thank you, I'd really like a cup of coffee. And uh, make, you know, one sugar, two sugar, no sugar, black, white, you tell her exactly the way you want it. And then when she gives it to you, you say, thank you, this was delicious, I really, really appreciate it. That's a receiving that is a healthy receiving. It's also what I said before in the earliest shiurim from Rabbi Ashlag, when you say that thank you, and appreciation, you're actually giving after you're receiving. That's the mekabal amenas lashpia that we talked about. That's the healthy approach. Not to say, I'm a noising, I'm not a mekabal. No, I, I, I'll, I'll do it myself. Adaraba, let me make you the coffee, the husband says. That's not the right approach. We'll continue as Hashem in the next feedback share.